0: welcome to the endurance evolution podcast episode number two we are endurance evolution joel gaff and eric houghton we are an endurance lifestyle company um, part of what we do is we host a handful of running races and triathlons in the northwestern lauren michigan traverse city area we've got uh, the runaway hen snowshoe scamper traverse city trail running festival the glen arbor solstice half marathon and 5k Traverse City Triathlon, and the Sleeping Bear Marathon and Half Marathon, which we guarantee is one of the most beautiful half marathons. A marathon you will run in northern Michigan anywhere in the fall. So we put on run races and all sorts of events. We also have uh, um, an awesome line of apparel, the balance apparel line. Uh, running brings balance to life. How many of you have ever been out there on a run and and realized how therapeutic a run can be? Um whether you're you hit that runner's high or you just have a a lot of time to think for yourself it's it's amazing how much that um, balance can be brought to our lives by just getting out and going for a run or or cycling or whatever it might be so we've got a bunch of our running brings balance triathlon brings balance um, apparel and accessories available on our website enduranceevolution.com along with more information about our events so um, that's one of the things we, do. we also, uh, want to promote the endurance lifestyle in as many ways as we possibly can, this podcast being one of them. Um, as we just mentioned, this is our second episode. Uh, last week we sat down with Heather DeRocher of michiganrunnergirl.com, and this week we sat down with Mark Shillette, and those of you who are from the Northwestern Lower Michigan area may know Mark from the news. Mark is a, a news anchor at, um, TV 7 and 4, does the evening news during the week, and, um, other than being a news anchor, Mark is also an avid triathlete and, uh, and runner, uh, which some of you may not have known about him. Uh, today we had a great conversation with Mark. We went almost an hour and a half, Eric and I did. And um, most of our conversation with Mark talks about how he has tried to, uh, to qualify for the Boston Marathon uh, a bunch of times over the last 15 years or so. And um, he, uh, we spend most of our time talking about his latest attempt at the Bayshore Marathon just a couple of months ago in May, um, trying to qualify, and he tells a really great story about about everything from when he started his training for that race to to crossing the finish line. And I won't give away any any uh, I won't have any won't cause any spoilers now to tell you what happened as far as that race. But really great uh, conversation with Mark today about that and also about some of his other triathlon experience. He's an Ironman triathlete as long as as well as being a, a runner. So. Uh, Really, really good conversation with Mark today. So um, we hope you enjoyed the show. And without further ado, uh, let's get right to it. Here's a a conversation with Mark Chalette. All right, welcome to the Endurance Evolution Podcast, episode number two. We've got with us today Mark Shillette. Some of you uh, from the northern Michigan area may be familiar with Mark, seeing him on the news. Mm -hmm. Um, But other than being a news anchor, he is also an avid runner and uh, and triathlete. So welcome, Mark.
1: It's great to be here. Good morning, guys.
0: Good morning, Mark. Thanks for coming. So, Mark, we'll just start things off. Tell us a little bit about maybe a side that most people in northern Michigan don't know about you, your athletic side. Give us a little background. Are you a runner? Do you consider yourself a
1: cyclist? Uh, How long have you been doing all this stuff? Wow. Well, uh, yeah, I consider myself a runner, I guess. I think uh, that's probably the thing that I spend most of my time doing. Um, But I got into running late in the game. Didn't get into running until I was about 25 years old. Really? Okay. Yeah. Um, Played a lot of the traditional sports in high school, you know, football and baseball. Um, but, uh, went to college and, uh, never got off the couch, uh, drank most of my meals and the (laughs) ones that I did eat were not good for me, put on a lot of weight, uh, woke up in Chicago in grad school when I was like 25 and it happened to be the morning that the Chicago marathon was running by my door. And I remember wandering down to the street and seeing these people run by. And I thought, that's what I want to do. And I was nowhere close to being able to do anything like that <laughs> went out for my first training ran ran a mile and that's what started it all how I painful don't... was that one mile <laughs> well it wasn't really a mile run it was a mile walk run about that gotcha um it was a long process but the next year i ran the chicago
0: marathon wow so you went from one year from literally being on the couch hopping off watching the chicago marathon
1: to three hundred sixty-five daters running the marathon yeah with uh essentially um, no training plan, horrible equipment, uh, ran that first Chicago marathon in a cotton t-shirt and, yes. uh, yeah, yes. yeah. uh, and, and it's funny cause you know, you keep those pictures from that first marathon, yeah. uh, the bloodstains on the nipples on the <laughs> shirt, uh, and the pictures, uh, from along that course where I'm completely miserable, you know, I'm, you know, I'm trudging and it's hard work. Uh, but there was something about going out there and being in that group that day and 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 doing something that I didn't think I could do that caught that suddenly was like this is my thing this is doing the thing that that I don't think I can do that's what I
2: love to do well it's awesome that you actually have that aha moment or that epiphany yeah. that you know I think some people they say, I don't know when I even got started in running or what caused it, but you actually have a very vivid and specific memory of that. And that's, that's really cool. Yeah,
1: it was, um, it was a light switch. It was that moment. And it wasn't one of those things where, um, it wasn't so much about running. For me, it was about doing something that I didn't think I could do. And if anybody looked at me, they said, I don't think he can do this. You know, I was, I was a hundred pounds heavier than I am now.
2: Wow. Wow.
1: And you barely uh, weigh anything right now. (laughs) And and it, it, it was, you would not have looked at me and said, that's a guy that can run the marathon. And, and I think for a long time, maybe the first four or five years I was running marathons, I was the guy who got other people out there to run. Not because they were like, boy, he's like a gazelle, you know, look at that guy run. It was, if that guy can do it, I bet I can do it. I was that guy. That's A- awesome. And, and so for me, it, it wasn't so much about running. It wasn't this runner's high or this passion or getting the medal or anything like that. It was really doing something that I didn't think I could have, I could have done. Wow. So that so Chicago Marathon, was that the 96 Chicago Marathon? Probably was, yeah. So you ran somewhere
0: around 356 for that race? No. No? No, no, it would, no then that's not the right one. <laughs> uh, no, I think
1: those first marathons uh I was really in the I don't know, the first three or four marathons I probably did probably 4:25s 4:35s I mean they were they were hauls they were you know that and that was that was hard um, but for some people yeah, but that's a that's a that's a PR for a lot of people yeah, too yeah, yeah and for your first marathon exactly to, yeah um, yeah um, so that's, that's um, you know and I look back on those those early races and you think of of how much smarter you get running these races yeah. you know um and how much smarter you get not only about training but actually on race day where you learn, uh, boy, you know, don't go out too fast. You know, Pace yourself. It's a long race. Make sure you get your fluids. All of those things you learn. It's a miracle that I was <laughs> in the fours with those early yeah. races because of the equipment and the training and all of those things that I didn't know that I didn't know. Uh, so it, it really did take uh, quite a long time. It took years before I finally felt like, mentally, I think I understand this. Now, physically, it took even longer sure. for me to get closer to where I wanted to be. But mentally, it took a while.
0: Yeah, and our guest last week, Heather DeRocher, she said the exact same thing. Everything you learn over the years, it's, it's all part of being a runner. And just you know being a person, you learn as you go on in life. Yeah. But the things you learn from your first whatever it is, whether it's yeah. a 5K or a marathon, you look back now and you think the things you didn't know... Yeah, it's, it's it's kind of unbelievable.
1: So it's it's right. easy to see that. Well, and the things that the mistakes that you've made over the years, where you're like, it's a miracle, you know. Like, i, I you know, I've driven down to Detroit and run the Detroit Marathon. I've left here at three in the morning to go <laughs> run the Detroit Marathon. It's like who does that? Yeah. Who sits yeah. in a car for four and a half hours, then runs a race, and then gets in the car and drives back that same day? You know, there are things that you do over the years, or, or that. <laughs> why did I eat all of that? pasta the night before and completely overload or why did I not drink anything for the first 15 miles of the race? You know, there's all those things that you look back now and go, boy, you know, I I wish I could have told myself that earlier. I
0: think though, to some degree that as we get more experience with whatever race it is, you, you lose a little bit of respect for it. And so you do that, oh, I'll just get up at 3 o'clock and drive to Detroit to run the marathon. Whereas for your first marathon, you would, you'd, be, you'd be in Detroit three days before the race because you want to be acclimated to the ozone levels in the air, you know? I mean, so you kind of think, oh, I've done it before. I can do it like that. So
1: to some degree, I think that's true. Joel, I think you're absolutely right. And I think that for, um, after the the focus for me for the first several marathons that I did, after, after that focus became, I know I can get to the finish line, I hit this huge rut for, I don't know, 10, 11 marathons, maybe where Mm -hmm. it was like, I know I can finish this. I know I can get to the finish line using my, my method. Yeah. Um, And, and you just pray for better results, but you're doing the same thing. You're going to get the same results. Uh, and, And it wasn't until that I really kind of rethought how I, how I do this. And, and before I got some help and some coaching and everything like that, before my results actually changed, it took that.
2: Now, were your races? You said you started in Chicago. Did you do Chicago like a bunch of times, a bunch of years in a row? I did Chicago a couple of years
1: in a row, and then um, then I did. Uh, I traveled to. I did Vegas uh, a couple of years, which um, back then this was pre, you know, housing boom in Vegas, and they used to literally just drive you twenty six miles out in the middle of the desert in the middle of the night, <laughs> and drop you off and say go run to the strip. and And I always thought that that race was hilarious because. Uh, the brochure and the website was always like you know come run the vegas strip see the vegas lights well back then uh, if you were 3 miles outside of vegas you didn't see vegas yeah. you know yeah. um and so you're like vegas strips there you know there's rattlesnakes on the road <laughs> and there's in the middle of the desert you know um so i did vegas and seattle and uh, down in disney world and so we kind of traveled around um for 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 me and my family uh running was always one of those We try not to combine it with another trip because I become really one dimensional and (laughs) I'm cranky and I'm irritable (laughs) and I'm not much fun to be around. And so they kind of would say, well, all right, go do a race and and that'll be the purpose of this trip. And so I've kind of done a round of all around the country when when there's been one that's been convenient for me to do. That's great. So back to that first one
0: in Chicago, I want to know how it felt for you. You said you made it through and everything and there were some stupid things you did. You had bloody t shirts when you were done. Did you feel when you were done? Like you were were you like a death marked
1: to the finish, or did you kinda how did it feel when you were how did you make it through? Um, you know, it was one of those things where I, I because I had never gone past probably twenty one, twenty two miles, I didn't know what was out there. And sure enough, there was this beast out there at about mm-hmm. twenty three <laughs> and and he was heavy and he was he sat on my back for the last three or four yeah. miles. Um it, it was but it, it it kind of hit me. I think I was so exhausted and so like, oh, my gosh, the adrenaline was, was rubbing in. And I'm coming up to the finish line. And this is one of those moments where, you know, you have the awareness of this is a moment that if I never do another one of these, you'll always have your, your first marathon sure. finish, right? Yeah. And so I'm, I'm running up Lakeshore Drive, and uh, and I feel like I'm the winner of this race, right? I mean, the pride <laughs> is just oozing out of me. And right before, I'm, I don't know, I'm 20 yards before the finish line and, and it's thinned out quite a bit. So everybody gets their moment at this point. Uh, right as I'm coming up to the finish line, a, a woman pushing a triple baby jogger. No. <laughs> comes up beside oh, me. no. And finishes in my finish photo right before me. So oh, here I am gosh. like bloodied and sweaty and my shoulders are drooping and you know plotting and neither one of my feet are off the ground at the same time kind of picture <laughs> and here's this triple baby jogger and this woman that looking like you know she just pushed these babies for 26 miles uh she looks like a million bucks so that's my first marathon finish photo right awesome there. Yes. yeah so but but it was this it was this thing where I didn't know anybody that ran marathons. You know, I was right out of college and sure. it, it wasn't, you know, um, I didn't have any friends that had done it. No one in my family had ever run a marathon. Um, so that was really cool to be like, Hey, I did something that I don't know anybody else that, that does, you know, yeah. and that, and that was really cool. So that, that was, that was, that was the home message was, yeah, it was exhausting and I wasn't prepared for it. Um, but it, it, it was a switch. Hmm. Yeah. What kind of fuel did you use through the race? Uh, boy, a lot of well, back then, you know, um, this is in like what mid, mid late nineties, nin- mid nin- nineties, yeah. Nineties, yeah. Um, you know, everybody, every, every race used Gatorade and they used over-concentrated Gatorade. Yeah, so yeah. you were burping that the whole time, <laughs> um, at, right. That was a phase where, uh, Jolly Ranchers were huge at about mile 18. Every race gave Jolly Ranchers,
0: just the hard candy, the Jolly, hard ranchers. candy Jolly Ranchers, not any kind of fancy no, chew or just, anything, nope, just Jolly, Jolly
1: Ranchers, ranchers <laughs> and, um, and bags of raisins. Which I never really understood. Like the Jolly Ranchers always made me more thirsty. Yeah, you know? and it's, <laughs> it was something to. And and it's more really, it's that sugary Gatorade taste yeah. to it. So it's right. like just hey, kind you just of got more a of the sugar surf. mash. more exactly. fruit overload. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and and the raisins, I was like, you know, Nature's Candy isn't going to do it for me here either. You know. So <laughs> yeah. um, so really, and the, the biggest surprise for me with that first race was. Uh, I didn't realize how good Marathon ate at the end of the race. Like the post-race, post-race race, yeah, yeah. I was like, this is awesome. You know, I was like a grad student. I didn't have any money. And so it's was like, this is like a free meal right here. <laughs> I paid my 40 bucks that's to get it. Now they got food too. I, I, this is awesome. Like half a dozen bagels. Yeah, absolutely. So, Puts them in my stuff bag. Exactly. Why don't I? I'll take them back to my dorm. I love lunch. So, uh, <laughs> so yeah, so th- that was, you know, um, it, it's amazing in, in 15 or 16 years. How much the nutrition has changed and, and how, how much better I think the, the, the products are. they're sure. so much friendlier to your stomach and, and to your training and everything like that. That's really that between that and uh, and, and the clothing and the material. You know, you just don't see the people running in, Absolutely. in, in cotton t-shirts anymore.
0: Like Eric said, you know, he kind of chuckled when you said that you ran it in a, in a cotton t-shirt yeah. in your first marathon. When we were back in high school running together here at, a, at TC Central or Traverse City High School as it was back yeah. then, um, we were wearing cotton hooded sweatshirts in the middle yeah. of winter with cotton t-shirts underneath it. I mean, just coming home soaked and like solid and ice. I mean, you look back now and you think, how in the heck did we do that? Yeah. But back then you didn't, you didn't think anything different yeah. of it at all. No. no So now, if I don't have a dry fit shirt ready to go, I'm, I can't go run. What? I can't. Mm-hmm. I need to. You
2: know, it's yeah. making us soft, though, Joel. It's making us soft. Well, I think <laughs> it is.
1: It's like miles run without your GPS don't count. Exactly. You know, that just why would I go run? The battery's dead. Yeah.
2: If you can't download it, then exactly. it doesn't count. it doesn't count. Yeah. No photo, it didn't happen. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> well, it brings up an interesting topic. Then is you know we we talk about races. Obviously, races turn into adventures, and yeah. and there's a lot of great stories behind those too. But with a marathon in particular, you've got your three or four hours, that's the marathon itself, but you're training for 12, 16, 20, 24 weeks, depending on who your coach is that you're going to work with. And, and so sort of compare and contrast some of your training and racing. and, And do you like training for the sake of training or do you like training for a very specific purpose? Well, you know, over the years, um,
1: my training has for a long time, you know, when I, after I ran that first marathon, this notion of trying to get to Boston popped up on the radar, um, the Boston marathon, the Boston marathon. And and I was, you know, I was an hour and 20 minutes away from a Boston qualifying time after that first one and, and overweight. And it it was going to take a lot of work to try to get there, but that suddenly became a, I'd like to get to Boston someday.
0: And not to interrupt, but for those who don't know, you have to qualify yeah. to get to the Boston marathon. You have to run a certain benchmark time based on your age. You yeah. just can't sign up and, and go do it. So you had to actually put some work in to qualify for it.
1: Yeah. And then, and then that was one of those, uh, if I could get to Boston, uh, then I was a runner. Then, then suddenly this was a, a fraternity or sorority that, sure. that I that I belonged in. Um, and, and so that became the goal. But over the next... 15 marathons, I really didn't do much to change my training. Um, I was always religious about getting in my long runs on the weekend. That was written in stone. Like I mm-hmm. knew that I was going to need a, my 10, my 12, 14, 16, 18. Those ones always got done sure. every year, but anything in the middle didn't get done. Uh, midweek runs mm-hmm. uh, I got busy, you know, yeah. I got kids, uh, this, that work. Uh, so those, I would do something. I'd hop on the bike or, do some cross training, but I wasn't really good about midweek runs. Um, but I, I loved the long runs because the long runs were a time when when I could really just get two or three or three and a half hours to just be by myself mm-hmm. and just listen to my own thoughts in my head and solve all the world's problems Yep, and, yes. and, and, and just kind of go and explore and and see where I lived, whether it was Chicago or here. And, and see it at a different pace, um, and notice things that you don't notice when you drive around in your car, or even when you're on your bike. Um, and, and so I loved long training runs. Uh, they were hard. They were never easy for me. Uh, but I loved that time of it for me. It was like every every week when I did those long training runs, it was it was like a little race. You know, can you do this? Can you go run 14? Yeah. How are you going to feel at the end sure. of 14? And also, it it allowed me to then on Sunday nights eat whatever I wanted. (laughs) (laughs) Suddenly you got this pass of you can have as many calories as you want after you do your long run. So um yeah. So for me I enjoyed the training. Um, but I was doing the same thing every race and my results I was only getting faster because I was getting smarter. I, I knew how to run the race better. I wasn't getting faster because I was actually becoming a better runner. I just knew how to play the game better. So how many years was this? That was, honestly, uh, that was probably 14 years. So you I, did wow. that just kinda... I, I probably just kind of putzed around um, for probably about 14 years trying my own strategies, trying mm-hmm. and doing all the mistakes, doing the... Well, if I bank time in the first half of the marathon, oh, I can <laughs> yes. get right. yeah. uh, everybody's done it, you know. Yep. So uh, if I can bank time so that when I make the turnaround, when I slow down, I'll have a faster time. I made all of those mistakes, and then I would try to okay, well, run faster for longer, and all of these things. Um, I, I made all of the mistakes. I made everything that you read. The, every every marathon, how to run a marathon book or article that says here are the five things you shouldn't do. I did six of them, yeah. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> um, and tried them all, and and they led exactly where uh, I would take maybe one or two minutes off, or I'd have a race where I'd I'd take five minutes off, and then the next race I'd lose ten minutes, so I'd get a, I'd break four hours. And then the next one would be back up to four hundred eight, and then I'd hit a three forty five, and then it'd be back to three fifty five. So it, it was there was no consistency. You
0: know, but that's kind of part of that learning process yeah. where you, you you're just you're being you're an experiment. You yeah. you just kind of figure out what you don't realize at the time that you're you're really experimenting. I mean, you kind of know well if I try this, I try that. But over a decade of trying you know, everything out there, you realize this works, this doesn't work. And then you piece them all together and maybe you get a little bit of guidance, which we'll kind of get to in a few minutes here about kind of how you're, you know, you kind of achieved
1: your ultimate goal. Um, it, you know, it's just an experiment the whole time. It really is. And it's one of those things where you have to, because, because most of us aren't professional athletes, most of us Mm -hmm. can't, Completely dictate our schedule based around our training. Yeah. Um, you kind ha- of have to know what works for you and, and how loosey-goosey on some things can you be and sure. what things do you really have to, you know, for, for me, I really have to be religious about this or that. And, and everybody's different, you know. I'm, I'm not fast. Uh, there are people that naturally have speed. I'm not one of those people. I'm one of those people. I'm a big rock. And if you, it takes a lot to get me going. But once I get rolling, I can go for a really, really long time. Yeah. And that's my strength, you know. And, and, and so I need different things than somebody who is just naturally fast, uh, you know, and can just go out and psh, run like a rabbit. That's not
2: me. So as you, as you experimented, you get about 14 years along, and now you say, I need to look for training groups. I need to look well, for a coach. Well, Where did that lead you, Mark? You know, it led me to... Um, Two years
1: ago, uh, at Bayshore, uh, my PR up to that point had been uh, like a three thirty-five, but it felt like that was that was a good run for me. Like at the I, at the Bayshore full the marathon, Bayshore, really, I probably like that was probably about two years ago, um, and uh, and I ran probably every mile faster than the previous mile, and and that for me, uh, not only was I pleased with the time, but I was pleased with the way I ran that race. I didn't have a drop-off. I didn't have a couple bad miles where it just kind of, the wheels came off or anything like that. Uh, and I felt prepared for that one. But that was still kind of using my little method. And so really, uh, then preparing for uh, two years ago, um, I said, I think I, I think I might be able to, to do something special. I might be able, this Boston qualifying thing might finally... I'm a couple pieces away, but I think I can do something. And so what was the time? The time you had to get to. Did the time know? I had to get to. Well, <laughs> this is the, the, the irony of the Boston thing for me. The year that I turned 40 was the year that they changed the timing standards. Ugh. And they took six minutes away. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh. I've been training this whole time. time. <laughs> All of a sudden yeah. you just lost six minutes. Six minutes. And it was at, at that point if I had run a 320 59 that was a, a Boston eligible time for a forty-year-old male, and they took it right down to three fifteen that year. So if yeah. I had one more year, I was within a couple minutes of being able to do that. Um, you know, so that was the first, the first kind of Boston like boy. They're they're really making me want to. They 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 yeah. tested me on this yeah. one. Like you know, take away six minutes, and I'm getting older. Uh, <laughs> you know, so um, so. I was I was close. I was within ten or fifteen minutes, which uh, which for me is is uh, that's a lot of time, you know, over a marathon. That that's that's uh, your
0: finishing time was in ten or fifteen minutes, or yeah. your what you kind of thought you would be was but in. My
1: goal was you know my PR was three thirty five, and I, and at that point I thought I had to get down to three twenty one. Sure. Then they took away the six minutes. So the following year I came back, and um, I was a little bit more mentally focused, but I really. And I was running a little bit more during the week. Um, and I came back and I did a, a three twenty four a year ago. Okay. So yeah. I was within I, I was close. I was I and at that point they had changed the time down to three fifteen. So I was within nine minutes. So I looked at it and said, Okay, for me to really try to get to Boston, I need to take 12 minutes off this time. I need to be down closer to 312, you know. Which is, which is no small amount of time. And especially because I have three speeds. I have backwards, standing still, <laughs> and as fast as I can run. <laughs> <laughs> and so <laughs> there, there's, there's not a whole <laughs> lot of speed work involved. Sure, if I'm yeah. moving, that's speed work, you know. Yep. Um, and so I, I, I said, I need help. Um, I, I can't, I've, I've spent an awful long time doing this on my own. I need help. And, um, and I was actually sitting at work, and and we had this thought at work of of well we've got we've got a couple of runners at work that were just kind of getting into running and and Mark's trying to qualify for Boston and and what if we had a viewer involved and so we started this, spitballing these ideas about things we could do and um and and that's when we decided to put together this kind of training plan. And, this is at at seven and four at the, seven the and TV four. station. Yep, yep. and uh, and so we reached out to to. to <clears throat> To you guys, and to uh, Coach Taylor, and, and said, "Is this something you'd be willing to help us with?" And you guys were great, and and Coach Taylor was great, and put together this amazing plan, and and that's that's what made the difference. Um, that was having that kind of support, and, and that kind of uh, you know every week I knew exactly what I needed to do, and, and I had five training runs every week, uh, and there was a plan, and it was a plan that. I doubted along the way. It was a plan that I <laughs> overran. It was a plan that um, you know that Lisa really made me stick to, uh, but it worked.
0: That's Coach Lisa Taylor for those of you who aren't yeah. from the Northern Michigan area, and uh, we'll put her. Uh, we'll get a little bio on her maybe in our show notes yeah. afterwards. Yeah, she's incredible.
2: And um, and was that a sixteen-week program? It, it was.
1: It was. And 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 I mean, this started from day one with uh, with Lisa about uh, how we're going to do this training. And I said, you know, I need at least 20 or 24 weeks because you've got to take, you take a lot of time off of this. And she's like, no, 16. And I had always started my Bayshore training on January 1. That kind of kept me honest in the winter because it's pretty easy up here to, you know, it's slushy. It's, you know, after sure, the yeah. holidays. So I always knew that in order to train for Bayshore. Which happens on uh, Memorial Day weekend until so the Day end weekend. of May. Right. So I always knew that January 1 was the day that I went out and did my first four mile training run or something like that. Um, and Lisa was like, no, we're gonna, we're gonna do a 16 week plan. And, and from right then I, you know, I put my heels on the ground and I was like, there's not time, you know, <laughs> you don't understand. I'm not fast. You know, you need more than 16 weeks to get me to run a Boston qualifying time. And she was like, no, trust me, trust me. And I was like Yoda. And, uh, and, <laughs> and, and, so I did. And, and I kind of spun my wheels for, uh, until 16 weeks before at which point we hit the ground running and, yeah. and, and I was ready to go. But yeah, a 16 week plan. Um, and, uh, and it's one of those where she would only give me a week at a time
2: because she sure. knew that I that was, was good- my question. Yeah. She'd give you the whole 16 weeks. Nope. If coaches do that, um, the runners would freak out, you yeah. know, week or two at a time, week or no. two at a time. I would
1: get on, um, on Monday when I get to work, there would be an email in my inbox and it would tell me exactly what I had to do and it would say not faster than these paces. Um, and, and w- what's interesting with coach Lisa is that, uh, right at the get go, um, I gave her my login to my GPS
0: on at Garmin or oh, whatever. My Garmin, yeah. yeah.
1: So she could go in and look and see exactly how fast I was running every mile. and, and, and you know, I knew I had to get faster, so I was going out and running way too fast, like a minute a mile uh, faster than I should have been doing these training runs. Yeah. And she kept saying, "You got to slow down," or, you know, this. Oh, oops, you're only supposed to go 16, <laughs> and you went 19. That's not funny, Mark. And she and she would, you know, she'd be like, "You can't do that. Yeah. You, know, you have to believe in me. You have to trust me." And that was the hardest part was saying <clears throat> that working harder and longer isn't necessarily what's going to get me faster. you got to work smarter. Smarter, smarter. smarter. Yeah. yeah. And
2: trusting trusting a coach is a hard thing to do when for 14 years you've had pretty good results on your own. I well, mean, you went from 420 to 320-something. <laughs> yeah, well,
1: and actually, and it was more of... Um, it, it, for me, it was more no coach, you don't understand that I was working really hard and I, I'm not getting fat. I wasn't, yeah. you know, I was getting faster over decades, but I didn't have, I don't have decades to get, to get to <laughs> sure. Boston, you know, yeah. you have 16, we have weeks. 16 weeks. Yeah. Um, and so it was more like, uh, you know, she hadn't seen me at mile 22 when the wheels had come off in races before, or, um, she didn't know that, No, for me, I can't just say, okay, well, pick up the next five miles at 15 seconds per mile. Pick that up a little bit. And that's not – that's as fast as I go, you know. (laughs) Um, And and so I spent a lot of time talking to her about, no, in reality, you know, we need to – we need something magical here, you know. Uh, We need something beyond just – and she'd be, no, no, you just – I remember, I remember
0: talking with you this winter in the spring while you were training or not even before you trained, you were just, you were chomping at the bit, man. You were, Mm -hmm. you were, I could see it on your face how you were saying, gosh, Lisa's telling me I need to go out at this pace. And I, I want to be running at this pace minus one minute because I, I, that's what I've always done. And you just, you know, you, you got to put your, like Eric said, you got to put your faith in your coach. And it's, it's hard if, if you've never done that. And was this your first time with, with coaching? Well,
1: yeah. Uh, coach Lisa asked me, uh, when we were kind of doing this introduction, she's like, Hey, listen, um. Uh, so you, you've run a lot of marathons. I'm like, yeah, I've run a lot of marathons. She's like, um, could you send me a synopsis of your plans that you've followed? And um, and I kind of waited. I paused a minute and I said, well, I can tell you my plan. My plan is, you know, every Sunday for about eight weeks before a marathon, I go out and I run really far. And each, each week <laughs> it's a little bit further it's than a little that. bit further. Yeah. And she's like, and what else? And I was like, no, no, that's my whole plan. <laughs> <laughs> at, at which point, I think she laughed a little bit. And, uh, and, and she said, well... You, then you've never done a plan. You've never, you know, you've gotten, she was surprised that I had had as good a result as I had had without really ever, Training for a marathon. Sure,
2: right. you know,
1: and I thought that I had been training for a marathon, but I hadn't been training for a marathon.
2: You would say you were averaging three or four days a week, maybe? Oh no, no, no. You like really were I, only I was doing w- w- two, two, two or, or
1: f- maybe two, two. Yeah.
0: So your long run, and wow. then just maybe a day in the week when it kind of during the week. fit your schedule. Yep. yep.
1: yep. Uh, yeah. And you know, I think uh, yeah, that was probably about it. Right. And you were so, still pulling off, you know, mid mid three three
0: thirty to three, or three, three fifty or something 350, like that. Yeah. In there. Marathon times. Yeah. yeah. Wow.
1: Um, and so when Lisa saw that, she was kind of like, yeah, you're, we're going to be able to work here. We've, we've got some, without having to have you spend your life at the track, we can get you faster.
2: Right. So, so she had you running five days a week, five days a week. So that's a significant, I mean, you doubled at least possibly tripled your (laughs) weekly mileage. Maybe, um, you know, I don't (laughs) think when in all
1: those years, when I was trying to, when I was doing it on my own, my long week training mileage wise might've been maybe 30 miles, maybe, maybe, uh, probably about that, you know, with Uh, about
0: 20 of those on your, your on the long long run. run. Right.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Uh, and, and with Lisa, I think our peak week, we were 55 miles, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's, that's a lot. Um, and really for me, it took about 10 weeks of the training program before I was like, you know what? These midweek runs, these these ones that I used to think were just throwaway these four, six, seven mile runs Monday or Wednesday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. <clears throat> it took about ten weeks before I was like, "That's making the difference." Yeah, mm-hmm. um, that I was faster, I was stronger. I was used to running on tired legs. Uh, that and that not having teammates that were going through kind of the same thing. That kind of support that yeah. was huge. Uh, but the midweek runs. That was the difference for me.
2: So without divulging all of Lisa's training secrets, because we'll have, you know, we'll we'll talk to her sometime soon, but um, is there any particular workouts? I mean, you talked about how you only have one speed, but did she include any fartlek workouts or tempo runs or anything of that nature at all with your workouts?
1: No, and I think that's one of the reasons why when she kind of gave me the overview in week one where I was like. I don't think this is going to work because it wasn't complicated. It was really simple. It was okay. On Tuesday, you're going to run, uh, you know, four miles at eight minute and 32nd mile, you know, and that's it. And that's how it was for 16 weeks. It was just a distance and a pace, not faster than, um, the only variation was Wednesday. We would get closer to race pace. Not not race pace, but sure. closer to race pace. I never ran a mile uh, intentionally on, uh-huh. in training <laughs> <laughs> that was faster than 7.25. Uh, and, and I was like, you know, Lisa. And I, was that your goal pace, well, 7.25? Well, I, I believe a 7.25 would be about a 3.15. But I knew that in, with the changes at Boston that you can't run a 3.15. You have to run faster than a 3.15 sure. in order to qualify. Um, I was like, I need to be averaging closer to seven twenties, seven fifteens, but she was like, No, I don't I don't want you running even close to a seven twenty-five. So um, so I it was one of those things where if I've never run a mile at race pace, how on race day am I gonna run twenty-six at race pace? You know, and she was just believe, you know, trust me, trust me, it's gonna work, it's gonna work. And and it and it did. Um, but yeah, it was uh the 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 plan itself was very simple it was very basic and it was very easy for me to follow i'm i'm not the kind of person that can read those articles with all the speed work and everything like that and yes. try to figure that all out that that for me that takes the fun out of it
2: for right me. four minutes at lactate threshold exactly. followed by two minutes yeah. at yeah. yeah i wasn't 50 a seconds major. above 5k exactly. pace you know. yeah. it can get it can
0: get so complicated i mean if right. you read any writing publication or any blog in the internet like you said it's it's, you know, six tenths times your heart rate, square yeah. rooted, divided by the temperature slash the humidity. Yeah. And it's,
1: you know, like you said, this is just so simple. It was so simple. It so was, it doesn't have to be complicated. Mm-hmm. I didn't have to think about it. All I had to do was put on my shoes and get out there and do the miles. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and I, I am a, a slave to my Garmin. I, you know, that, <laughs> I, I love my Garmin and I love being able to look at the pacing and everything like that and running against my virtual partner. Um, but other than that, um, I don't run with music or headphones or anything like that. I really like to
2: good for you. Well,
1: (laughs) well, that, that was one of those things where that came over the course of time too, where suddenly I realized, um, I I went out on a run and my, my iPod died and I was like, well, I got to go home because can I can't possibly run. I without, can't be running, like you said earlier, if you, no if, Garmin, if, if, no if, run. No, without, without you know, hard-hitting hip-hop in my head, I can't possibly run. Uh, and I found that it was actually one of the better runs I'd had because I was listening to my breathing, I was listening to my footfall, and I wasn't thinking about running angry or anything, <laughs> you know. I just was running. And so uh, I did all my running this year with, with, with no music, and, and I loved it, but... Yeah, the training plan was not people have asked me, especially runners, they're like, Well, how'd you take you know, I took twelve <clears throat> about twelve and a half minutes off my PR in a year. That's huge, especially at this far in the game. Yeah. And and they were like, How'd you do it? Um and and they they they're looking for some magic bullet. They're yeah. looking for well, you know, did you
2: live at the track? Consistency <laughs> yeah. was the bullet. It, that's all it was. It wasn't. It Lisa wasn't over-
1: Taylor did. was the magic then, bullet. Then Lisa Taylor's the magic bullet. Uh, it it was consistency and and just keeping it simple, and getting the work done.
2: So. We're gonna get to the to the Bayshore Marathon yeah. here in a minute, but we build up to the taper. Did she have anything in the taper? Did she, you know, was it was were you questioning the taper at all? I mean, well, at, by the time I hit the taper, uh, one of the great things about the Accelerate
1: Run program that, that Lisa's involved in is that you have access to physical therapists. And there's two kinds of runners in the world. There's runners who are hurt, or runners who are gonna get hurt. They're gonna have an injury, and uh, and I'm not. I'm not immune to that, and uh, about 10 weeks into the program, uh, I started having hamstring issues, and I've had reoccurring hamstring issues in the past, and uh, and so I went in, and the physical therapist started working on me, and they started realizing that um, it's actually uh, a back issue I had that was throwing off my hips, which was not making one of the hamstrings drop, and and uh, and so I lived at Excel Rehab for... 6 weeks and mm-hmm. I was in there 3 times a week getting treatment getting you know working on the muscles and everything like that and and I think that uh coach Lisa and uh, and Dean and Stephanie at, at Excel I think they talked amongst each other a lot more than they talked to me. They did. Yes, I know. <laughs> <laughs> and and they didn't want to get in my head. And I was
0: talked to as well. And I yes, think Eric, Eric may have been as well.
1: <laughs> and there was a lot, you know, because they're not they're not good liars, and that's the problem. But, um, so there there were concerns that. This I'm right on the cusp of doing something bad to this hamstring, and and I need to keep training. I'm not close enough that I can just shut it down and have a good result on race day. So uh, so when the taper finally rolled around, um, I was basically I would I needed to be shut down. I I really was gingerly nursing this hamstring along and this back issue. Um, so I did not hit the ground hundred uh, percent healthy. Uh, on race day, by any stretch of the imagination,
2: hmm. but he still did it, folks.
0: Yeah. So, uh, so you you make it through this hamstring injury, yep. which I know I was talking to you those last mm-hmm. couple of weeks before the race, there was just fear all over your yeah. face. <laughs> I could even see it on the eleven o'clock news. Yeah, yeah. You can't hide that. Yeah. <laughs> and so, you, you, I mean, you you kind of doubted the training program. We're well, not yep. doubted it, but you had some reservations about it the whole time. Yeah. And then you yeah. get injured. I mean, who knows injuries can happen, whether it's your training or you just yeah. take a, you hit a yeah. curb the wrong way. What did that do to your mental state those last two weeks or even just a couple of days going into the race? Were you, how much more doubt did that put in your mind?
1: Well, you know, the, the funny thing, yeah, it puts a tremendous amount of doubt because I, I know enough having run enough marathons that I know that, uh, for me to do something special, it was going to take a good day. It wasn't going to just take my best effort the stars were going to have to align, mm-hmm. you know, like it was going to have to be great weather. Um, I was going to wake up that morning and have to feel like the super me, you know, like yeah. it, everything was just, everything was going to have to fall into place. No matter how much work you do, some days you have good days and some days you have bad days, you know? So I, I knew that, uh, that in order for me to get the result that I wanted, it was going to have to be <clears throat> my super day, the perfect day. You add to all of that, the fact that, um, this was all very public for me. You know, this wasn't, this wasn't me telling my mom and dad, sure. Hey, I think I'm going to try to qualify for Boston, but don't tell anyone. <laughs> right. Cause you know, cause come race day when, you know, it's hard enough to, to deal with your loved ones when you tell them a goal and you fall short. Yeah. We'd been talking about this on the air for 16 weeks. we have mm-hmm. been very public. About you were it.
0: writing a blog about it I once was, a we week were, too. We were blogging
1: about it. And, and, to to put yourself out and 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 the viewers are great and I, everybody would have understood um but uh I really didn't want to have to spend the rest of the summer bumping into people and and having that look of pity when they look at me about, Oh yeah, I'm so sorry about Boston. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. You race, you know? Um, so (laughs) there was a lot of pressure that I put on myself and I signed up for it and that's fine. And part of that was really good because that got me out to actually train when it was four degrees. Absolutely. That created accountability. accountability. And at the same regards though, as you get closer to race day, Suddenly, that accountability turns to pressure. Sure, it builds you know, up. It kind of does. And so there, there were there was doubt about the training plan. There was doubt about the injury. There was concern about, gosh, come race day or you know the day after when everything's printed in the paper, people are going to be able to look and go, ooh, you know, like what if, the, yeah. what if the wheels yeah. really came off? What if I ran? You know, and I was having nightmares about, gosh, what if I ran like a five hour marathon? You know, like, what if like. What if I just quit? What if yeah. I didn't finish? What if I got hurt? What if I had, you know, and it's all of those things of, oh my gosh. Uh, so yeah, there, it was, as we entered the taper, um, it, it was, it wasn't, I did not have confidence that I was like, I've done all the work. I didn't miss a single workout, but I still needed to have a super day. And
0: you weren't necessarily where you wanted to be mentally at that point in time.
1: No, I mean, at that point I wanted to be Kenyan. You know, I I, I literally wanted to wake up and just be like, I don't know, I don't know who I am, but you know, yeah. Yeah. And I wasn't, I was still Mark Chalette, uh, you know, weekend runner kind of guy. Um, and, uh, and I didn't feel different. Um, and I didn't feel like I had done enough, like this should have been a lot harder. Yeah. This should have been, I should have been living at the gym. I should have been, you know, doing all of these things and I, and, and I wasn't.
0: Well, that goes to show that you don't have to train harder
1: necessarily. You just got to train smarter. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I think I think um, uh, w- our tendency is to if a little's good, then a lot is is a lot better, and it's going to get better results. And that's not necessarily the case. You know, yeah. I, 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 I took my rest days. I, you know, and you can look at my log from my Garmin. Um, I never ran uh, on my good training weeks. I ran if she said run eight miles, it was eight. 0. 0.0 miles sure you know and it was you know so
0: i think there was maybe one long run in there that you snuck a couple extra there were, miles. there in. were a couple <laughs> at, at which
1: point um which uh, if you know coach lisa she actually gave me in email form which she described as a stern face and, <laughs> and that scared me like nobody's business so uh, so that I, the message was received at that point fair so, enough yeah so you're you're I'll, race days
0: approaching. It's race week. Yeah. You got this injury. Yeah. You've had this training. You, you did what, what coach Taylor wanted. Mm-hmm. Tell us about those last three days, the race is on a Saturday. How were, uh, how did things go those last couple of days?
1: Well, at that point, you know, you're, you're kind of shut down, you know, the training is done. Everything's done. Um, uh, I, I, uh, and it's funny cause, um, at that point I'm really trying to put all the pieces in place. My, my, my family's been great with my running. Um, and, and, uh, I, I've seen, you know, my kids have, have spent more time sitting alongside roads, digging in gravel, waiting (laughs) for dad to run by for five seconds for them to get up and cheer their little lungs out and then run by. It's gotta be the most boring thing in the world for them. It means the world to me. And I think every runner out there with kids, they, they know what that's like. and, and, and so they they've been really supportive. My dad has been at every marathon I've ever done. Wow, that's awesome! And he normally is the guy that wears the blaze orange jacket and hat, which up here is fine. Sure. In, 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 the, in Chicago, sure. you stand out, you know. But I can always find him alongside the road. So that's great. So I really that, that, that those last couple of days, I spent time trying to figure out um, where do I need them? What where do I need them to have? A water bottle because I'm not good at drinking out of cups, you know, and I, I need to have a, a squishy bottle that I can actually drink out of. And then, and then Joel and I to, toyed around with, all right, well, w- you know, c- c- can you help me get through those last couple miles, you know? Um, and and I really realized at the last minute that this was something that I needed to do myself mentally for 26 miles. Sure. I needed to be in charge of the entire thing. I needed to. Not be able to have this, this get out of jail free card at twenty three with somebody helping me along, and so, uh, so when I was a couple of days out, it was the plan was in place, and at that point, there isn't anything you can do. So, uh, so I just kind of, and I think that's where having experience running enough races that's that kept me a little bit calm, and and it was at that point it was it was go time, so it wasn't everything boiled up about wednesday or thursday and then friday was a pretty calm day for me went to work and and uh tried to get a good night's sleep
2: that's the beauty of uh, running a local race Uh, you get to just just the schedule's the same there's nothing out of the ordinary where am i going to eat dinner what am i going to do it's sleeping in your own bed yeah absolutely
1: it's um i if, if people you know people ask a lot you know well where should you know i'm just thinking about getting into marathons you know i'm always like boy if you can find one in your hometown that that's huge that's the way to go you know the course and it's like well and you know especially with your first one you are as the runner uh you may not think you are and if you're not good for you uh but you're difficult to be around (laughs) Um, and and you're focused on you and you're focused on and you know, God love the people that are around you because they will deal with the uh, it's two thirty in the afternoon and I haven't had lunch yet and I need to have this and this, and, this, and, this, and, this. And, yep. and it's just like, oh man, you are high maintenance. Uh so if you can do that at home and not have to do it in a in a in a different town in a hotel setting and everything like that. Yeah, absolutely. Hometown races are awesome.
0: And the Bayshore, we're lucky to be here in Traverse City because the Bayshore Marathon put on by the Traverse City Track Club is an awesome event. It's yeah. grown into this huge yeah. event with a half marathon, a 10K uh, kids event to it. And it's, a, you know, for those trying to get a good time, it's a flat it's, course. And, and it's, it's an
1: out and back, which I think if you're trying to run a, a specific time is helpful because psychologically, you know, I just got to get back. Uh, yeah, it's not a lot of curves, you know, where you are on the course. It's a nice size race because you always have people you can run with, but you're never really hampered by a crowd. Yeah. Um, I've run some races like Disney world where you're, you know, it's like running with the bulls. You're constantly <laughs> having to work around people, which is slow. Um, and, and m- much smaller races. You spend an awful lot of time by yourself. Sure. So, uh, yep. so I love the Bayshore. There's about,
0: there's a, what, 25, 2700 people, I think in the full marathon, at yeah, the Bayshore. Right yeah. And then there's also the half marathon on the course at the yep. same time, which runs from the 13.1 mile mark into the finish line. So right. there's upwards of 5,000 people out there going in two different directions. But like you said, I think I've run the Bayshore a handful of times, and it's, it's just the right amount of, of yeah. crowd versus freedom to get
1: through people. And not a completely flat course. I mean, pretty flat. Yeah. But there's just enough elevation change and not these grueling long, seven miles straightaways where you can see the, you know, the dot on the horizon there's enough of a a change. It's a great course. Um, and, and weather wise, it tends to be, uh, it it tends to be really good, not exceptionally hot, not exceptionally cold. You know, um, it's, and, and I love it, even though it's a, a fiddle to get out and train in January, it's nice to have, if you're on a limited time schedule, it's nice to have your training
2: done before the start of the summer yeah. you
1: know to not have to be you know yeah, you can enjoy the, rest time. Of the summer. exactly
2: yeah so so you wake up race morning and the temperature the weather it, it was uh, it was cool i remember that i remember thinking it's
1: it's mild out here um and I, I i don't know if i so much woke up race morning as i got out of bed race morning <laughs> uh, it was um and and i have this whole system of you know, this is what I eat. this is what I do. I get up and I take a long shower and kind of get the blood flowing and the house is completely quiet and I go and I have my bagel and my peanut butter and my banana and, and then um, I show up and, uh, and if you ever show up at the Bay Shore and you're like, boy, I wonder what time that guy got here to get that parking spot, it's about 3:45. I'm wow. there wow. really
0: really early. And the race starts at 7, like is it? 7ish, yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. And you can pretty much show up at like 6:50 and still start that then race. Been there, done that. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> um so I'm there really early. And I and I get I got down there and uh and every year I kind of do the same thing where <clears throat> you know, I have some some quiet time and kind of think about that and uh and I I that morning I got down there and uh and I just am slathering on, you know, icy hot on my hamstrings (laughs) starting at about four o'clock in the morning to the point where I had to crack the window in the car because (laughs) I was was like, Oh my gosh, I'm, you know, I'm I'm getting high here from the fumes. Um, and I knew that the, that the, that the women from Excel were going to be there setting up their tent. Well, uh, about four weeks before race day, uh, they were looking at my back and my hamstrings and they were like, you know, I think it may be your shoes. A- and so why don't you go get a new pair of shoes, same model, but go get a new pair. And so I, I went into the running store and, and, uh, they're like, oh yeah, they don't make those shoes anymore. And I'm like, no, 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 <laughs> <laughs> they, they make one more pair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and they said, no, but we have this, this, these are the replacements for that model. Um And so I bought one of the replacements. Well, it turns out that they were a significantly lighter shoe, uh, but they didn 't have the cushion and the support. so I had kind of been playing around, but I was kind of in the taper, and so i wasn 't run, really running enough miles to really uh-huh. test them out. So I walk over, I get out of the car at i don 't know five o 'clock on race morning and i 've got my new shoes, and i 've got a really old pair of running shoes that I had run the Bay Shore in the year before. And these shoes had a thousand miles on them. All right. These are a thousand mile shoes. And they were like, literally they were going to probably be cut the grass shoes that afternoon. <laughs> you know? um, well, it's great. If you're running them, you can just get home and go cut, the, cut grass, the grass. Right. <laughs> and so I, I had those on as I'm walking across the Dewey, the Dewey infield over to the, to the Excel tent. And, um, and I've got my new fancy, you know, bright yellow shoes. And uh, and uh, so I I, I see Dean and Stephanie and they're like, um, all right, well, let's, you know, let's warm up a little bit. And so I'm warming up and they see it in my face and they're like, what's the matter? And I'm like, I think I think I'm going to get blisters from these shoes, from the new shoes, from the new shoes. And they were like, well, what do you want to do? And I'm like, I I don't I don't know. And they're like, well, you have to decide what you want to do. And I was like, okay, well, I, 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 you know, I can't. I can't run in these old shoes because they have no cushion in them. If I run in the new shoes at mile 14 and get blisters, I'm not going to make it. So I sat there for like five minutes and finally I was like, that's it, I'm running in the old shoes. And they were like, okay, that's that's the right call to make then. So I ran this most important race of my life in shoes that we basically lawn mowing shoes at that point. So, uh, so they were completely shot, but at so, least it wasn't something new on race day. You had ex- good experience ex- with those. Ex- you ex- got ex- plenty try. miles yeah. on those shoes. Yeah. I knew that. And, and, um, th- I knew that it wasn't going to be comfortable, but I knew I wasn't going to get hurt. Sure. You know? And, and so that was the thing. So that morning at the last minute, it was, it was change everything up and, and go with that. So, so, so then, you know, that, I got my shoes on and at that point it was just time to collect my thoughts and realize that for me to run a sub 3:15 marathon was for me my strategy that morning was I would have to run uh as fast as I could for 26 miles. There was Like no, you said
0: that's your only speed. That's my only speed. There was no
1: <laughs> well we'll warm it up for a couple miles and then kick it up a notch 10 to you know. Um Lisa's advice was don't run anything faster than a 7.15 a uh, seven fifteen mile. Um, and other than that, go as fast as you can go from the start. And so literally when that gun went off, I was the jerk who was cutting up through people. You know, like <laughs> that guy that starts way too far back and then has to snake through while everybody else yeah. is warming up. I was like, you know, I'm sorry, folks. I, I should have started closer to the front, but I, I can't have a 7.45 mile, Yeah, especially in the first two or three miles. I need to be running 7.20s. From the get-go, because I don't have a second gear, so so yeah. that was the that was the strategy.
0: And you're, uh, I'm looking at your not to, well, we'll get to what your how your time ended up and 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 what happened. But I'm looking at your splits here, which I'll share with everybody in a minute. But you were pretty much dead on the whole race. Looked I, like you
1: had a pretty even pace. I did. I think up until about twenty, I don't know, maybe somewhere in the early twenties. And then I started losing ten or fifteen seconds a mile, but i don't think i think i, I think my slowest mile might have been like in the seven forties seven forty five ish or so um, but I got behind uh these two uh women runners who had great form and who really looked like they knew what they were doing, and they were running like seven nineteens <laughs> so just a little bit faster just than a little what? bit faster than what I was kind of aiming for, um, but I tucked in behind them, and they were like just dead on consistent. And I was like, okay, I'm going to follow these two. And it was perfect. And and like, and cause, and, and they were talking back and forth about nothing in particular, but it kept my mind kind of occupied. And I was just kind of tailing behind them. And I was like, this is great. They're going to get me to Boston. This is my ticket to Boston is these two people who I don't know who don't, aren't from around here. And they were doing great until about mile fourteen, and one of them had to go to the bathroom. Oh! And I'm like, no! <laughs> no. And so at that point, it was, I was on my own. Uh, they were they were your rabbit, at least. They got you out exactly, for the first fourteen exactly. miles, turned you around, and then and yeah, then, and then they then it's all you. Then it was all me. But uh, but yeah, that race, um, you know, I just uh, I knew that this was going to be three hours and hopefully three hours, a little less than three hours and fifteen minutes of. Of just everything I had as fast as I could go, as long as I could go.
0: And I saw you at mile, I think it was about 15 or so. And you had a smile on your face. (laughs) And I mean, as much as you can be smiling, running, you know, low seven minute miles for 15 miles. And then I saw you again at maybe uh, what's that? Where Wilson Road hits? Probably That's about, about twenty-one. About, yeah, it was. Yeah, I was about twenty-one. Yeah. It was right about where I was potentially yeah. a week ago, yeah. going to start pacing you in or yeah. you know pulling yeah. you in. And again, you still had a smile on your face. I have a picture on my phone, and I sent it to everybody to, to Dean and Stephanie yep. back at the finish line, and and I got a bunch of texts back, just cheers. Oh my gosh, this is great! And you were dead on pace with twenty-one yeah. miles into the race, and
1: and I think at that point, uh, like I remember it seeing you at like fifteen and going. I think I think I got that. you know yeah. I, I'm doing all right you said and then that. at
2: 21 it was like I'm hurting like, I'm starting, <laughs> you, I'm starting, st- I'm starting yeah. to hurt I would yeah. like to take back what I said at mile 15 That's right <laughs> i forget
0: exactly what you said I'll try to pull it up here but it was it was a great quote you said something like like, I it, I think I'm going to make it, but it's, but it's kind of starting to hurt, <laughs> and, and, I, and I I sent that quote to everybody along with that photo back at the finish line, and I think it was Coach Coach Lisa, Taylor, texted back, well, duh, it's going to hurt at mile 21, <laughs> or, or, or tell him to, yeah, it's going to hurt, but keep going, something to that effect, and I just chuckled, but then by that time, you were at mile 22 or whatever, but...
1: It was, uh, there was, uh, at about mile, you know, I had done the math, and I knew that... Uh, any anything below a three fifteen is technically a Boston qualifying, but I knew that uh that I would have to be closer to probably three twelve. And so that was my goal. Like in a perfect day, I'd run a three twelve. And and so I knew where I was at, at mile twenty one and and at about mile twenty two it, it started to hit me where it was like Oh, I'm hurting. Like you know, and I, and I, and I know you know people will be like, "Well, you're only four miles out." Well, four miles is is a ways to go still, you yeah. know, and and especially at that pace where it wasn't like. You know, if I back it down a little bit, I'll be fine. I, I didn't have time to back it down. I had to run as fast as I could.
2: You hadn't banked enough time in the first half. <laughs> <Exactly. laughs> I hadn't followed my own strategy. So. And looking
0: at looking at your splits here, um, at mile five, you had an average overall average of seven twenty three per mile. Okay, and then at mile ten, seven eighteen. Mile thirteen one seven fifteen, and you were at one thirty five oh two for the half. Okay. So that's you know a 2 what 2 2, two, two yeah there you go and then 716 average at the 16.2 seven 16 average again at 21.2 um so you were right on you know getting in there
1: yeah it was uh, uh you know I and I felt good and I think nutrition wise I was good uh and, and I think um it it, it, it it's funny uh when you start getting down near the end of that race and it gets me every time. Uh it's not till you really hit twenty five where suddenly for me, that's when I suddenly get that, Oh, I got this. Yeah. But it takes me till twenty five. It's not at twenty two or twenty three. Maybe it is for some people, but for me, especially on that course, it's getting closer to the college. Sure. It's making that turn and realizing that you still have what never is a hill until there's that little hump. It's not much of it's a hill. To anybody anybody <laughs> on any given day, but you're so right. It's that, on that day you're like, well, there's one more hill, and people are like, yeah, there's no hill on the end. It's the campus. biggest hill. <laughs> it's you huge. can ever imagine at it 25.7 like, miles. It's like Alpe d'Huez. It, yeah. you know, it's got switchbacks and everything No, it really doesn't. It's a it's a rise, but uh, it's like an eight foot rise over a, you know
0: 150 meters. <laughs> yeah, it's
1: it, it's. uh so, so I, for me, it, it was at about mile 25 where suddenly, you know, 16 weeks and 16 years and, and all that pressure of, gosh, I can't let, I can't let, you know, Lisa down. I can't let Dina and Stephanie, I can't let Joel, I can't, let, I can't let all these guys down. Suddenly it was like, I'm not going to let these guys down and I'm not going to let myself down. I, I've got this. It may not be enough to get me to Boston, but uh, but when I, when I came over that rise, that last hill, I was like, I can't actually, see, well, I probably can't on a podcast, but uh,
0: you can say whatever you want in the podcast. <laughs> this is all right.
1: There, there was uh joyous profanity in my <laughs> head, like this disbelief of, Oh my gosh, I can't effing believe that uh, this is really, this is that moment that I have <laughs> dreamt about for years and that I've thought about for years. And, 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 it's not, it's not in my imagination. Mm -hmm. This is not me picturing that so that I would get my butt out of bed to go train. This is, this this is is it. it. This is the moment. This is the moment. Um, And, uh, and I remember coming on, you know, at the Bay shore, you, you come off the road and you, you get that little lap on the track. Yeah. Just like a quarter lap on the track. And, and, um, it's kind of hard to know who's coming down, down the way. And, uh, in the Excel tent with, with all the teammates and everything is right there at the finish line. So I came around the corner and I actually saw the tent before they saw me. And I'm looking up at the clock and I'm like, it's at like three twelve, you know, or three well under your three fifteen goal at this point. It, yeah. But it's still like, it's still real close. And I've realized that I've spent three hours and 12 minutes at this point doing math, like, you know, but yeah. I've been in control. These poor people that have done so much to help me, Have been sweating it out for (laughs) three hours and and 12 minutes. And they're watching that sand go through that hourglass, like Mark has like two minutes to get his butt across this finish line, you know? And I'm sure that they were like, "Uh," you know, and I could see Dina, like you could just feel the tension in, like I could see from 200 yards away. Yeah. (laughs) And she hadn't seen me yet. And, you know, the, the, the loudspeaker is coming over and they're announcing people as they're coming across the finish line. And I swear I heard. Uh, Dina from all the way across the track across all these hundreds of people scream out it's Mark it's Mark it's Mark it's Mark you know really loud <laughs> and and they you know d- looking up at the clock and everything like that um, and uh, it was just a flood of emotion it was just I was exhausted I mean I was like just emotionally spent I was physically exhausted and and I crossed the finish line and it was this smile came on my face that was you know it was weeks before it went away and what was your final time i believe it was like three twelve, nineteen 19 or 20 or something like that um which was exactly what the goal that was like on a great day a 312 and 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 you know i'll find out either today or monday yeah. whether that's good enough to get into boston it's a boston qualifying time by 3 minutes by about 3 minutes and 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 that was the goal you know i it, it's um and, and so I, 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 walk away from that experience saying, you know, I took 12 minutes off the PR the time before I ran a good race and, and I feel, I have so much confidence knowing moving forward yeah where, where I can go, um, and how to do it and get faster and smarter and, and better about it. Um, that this was a success. This was a success. Even if Boston fills up, you know, I mean, it, it, it kind of goes back to that losing six minutes when I was 40 years old. Um, you know, obviously the, 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 the change in Boston this year with, with the increased desire to go run. Sure. Um, you know, maybe, maybe this was just not meant to be for me this year. Maybe this is just another, well, you know, first you turn 40 and then, yep. then there was the, the, this incredible desire and, and demand to go run Boston. And so my time wasn't good enough this year. We'll find out, you know, in the next 48 hours or so. Um, and so if I have to come back and do that again and be even faster, I can do that that's fine, you mm-hmm. know this has been a long term goal um would I love to yeah of course i'd love to be able to go run Boston next year if it doesn't happen i'll just appreciate it even more when it does, yeah, you know you took twelve minutes off your time
0: yeah and, twelve
1: and minutes twelve minutes um and uh in, in one year it, it, well, in really in 16 weeks yeah you know because really thanks I, to the, some smart training smart training um gr- you know great teammates and, and people going through it and and really incredible coaching mm-hmm. and having to also you know the resources available through you know nutrition questions through physical therapy through ailments and and injury prevention and everything like that through the through the through the accelerate program um yeah, you know, sixteen weeks without anything crazy. You know, I yeah. wasn't sleeping in a hyperbolic chamber. As, sure. You know, you're uh, working a normal job. Normal, you know, yeah, full time yeah. job. Full time job. Um, Kids, family, yeah. all that stuff. And uh, and 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 my training wasn't perfect. I did all the work, but I had an injury. Mm-hmm. I had, I, you know, I had doubts. I had fears. I had this was a completely foreign kind of training for me. And, and and yeah, I took I took time off and and not. Uh, because I'm not exceptionally fast, uh, this wasn't just a well. We just tapped into a speed gene, right? Right. I didn't have that, so yeah. Um, so yeah, it was, it, it was.
2: It's amazing what the human body can do, but also what the mind can do. Yeah,
1: you know, I think uh, I think a lot of the, the 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 midweek runs do two things. They <clears throat> get your body used to running that much, um, but they also mentally make you tougher. Uh, they, 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 they make, you know, that, uh, boy, you know, yeah, Wednesday I was tired. I felt tired, but I got through it. And then I came back Thursday and had a good run. Well, that helps you at mile 19 when you're like, boy, mile, mile 18 sucked, you know, uh, <laughs> but I can come back and I got mile 19, you know? Yeah. Um, so I, I think that, that change in that training certainly helped with the mindset too.
0: So you, you cross the finish line and you're yeah. just, you, you know that you've made the time goal that you needed. Yeah. Did it, did it hit you
1: immediately? Did it take some time to set in? Um, I think it hit me immediately. I mean, it really did. I mean, I just remember crossing the finish line and, uh, I've got some pictures and my shoulders are like six inches lower than they had been in <laughs> weeks, you know? And I was just, I melted. Yeah. People were giving me hugs and it was just, ugh, you know, um, uh, yeah, it, you know, it was just a lot of holy crap, holy crap, <laughs> you know, and I and kept looking at my watch and being like, those are numbers that like, those are numbers that I, I a guy like me doesn't see, Yeah, you know, um, they're not, they're just not, they're not the numbers that I associate with my kind of running, um, and, uh, and I think I, that's how I spent the whole, that, at least that whole weekend, was just like, oh my gosh, uh, you what you know like just complete (laughs) disbelief that that was possible
2: well hats off to you mark Uh, and i and i you know we're hoping that you that you get in for sure (laughs) well you know uh
1: we'll find out it's been a tense week this week watching (laughs) all the people those numbers fill up really quick you know and there's there's obviously this tremendous demand to go do it um and if it doesn't if it doesn't happen this year I just got to get faster next year. Boom. And, and and so I can do that. That's a great um, attitude. Well, and you know, very early on <clears throat> after after the bombings and after I think people started realizing there's going to be this 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 increase of people wanting to do Boston this year. Uh yeah, you know, I thought about, well, do I want to go the the charity route, you know? And and the the because you can if you don't make a qualifying time for Boston, you can raise funds for the worthwhile causes that the Boston Marathon mm-hmm. endorses, and, and you can get in that way. Um, and I thought about that, uh, and that, and they do incredible work and, and the money raised is phenomenal and I don't have any issue with anybody that wants to go run Boston that way. Mm-hmm. But for me, Boston was this onion with all these layers of all these significance. And, and for me, a lot of it was personally, do I belong there? you know, do I, it's for me, it was qualifying. That was like, the that was the big thing. Like that was okay, Mark, you know, you can call yourself a runner. Um, and, and everybody calls themselves runners for different reasons. For me, that was one of them. And so I decided, no, I gotta, I gotta qualify to get there. Uh, and, and I've gotta, I gotta be my, my, my request has to be accepted yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. And so, um, so I decided that, no, I'm going to come back and, and if I don't get in, I've got to run faster.
0: And, uh, and tell everybody what you did later that afternoon when you went home, other than relax and have a good meal.
1: Well, I cut the grass.: you
0: cut the grass, did you wear those shoes?
1: No 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 no. <laughs> those shoes uh, there's a very small wing of the Chalette closet in the master bedroom that is the kind of the the Mark Chalette Hall of Fame that has uh, that has uh, and nobody else would recognize it as that because it's <laughs> insignificant things like uh, like gear bags from iron mans and like the, and, you know, newspaper clippings, and which stuff we'll talk like about that. iron man in just a second here. And, but those shoes, uh, those shoes saved themselves from lawnmower duty, uh, when, when they ran the mm-hmm. Bay Shore cause it was suddenly like, I can't do that. to these yeah. shoes, you know? <laughs> So, uh, so no, those shoes, those shoes will, they'll be special. They'll be stuck. They'll stick around for a while. That's awesome. Yeah.
0: You just, you said that you're, uh, um, an Ironman. Yeah, yeah. Have you, uh, um, how many Ironmans have you done? Have you done one? Was it a one and done thing? Uh, no. So I you're did. more than a runner. You're a,
1: well, I did tell uh, our
0: listeners about this. I know some of the story behind yeah. this, but,
1: um, in, in 2008, I did uh, Ironman Louisville and in 2011, um, I did, uh, I did uh, Ironman, uh, Wisconsin did Madison. And this is one of those things where. I remember as a kid watching ABC's Wide World of Sports. Yeah, uh, and this is this goes way back, and there may not be very many of your of your listeners that remember well, these I'm sure there's names, funny but, people. Uh, you know, with with Dave Scott and uh, Scott Tinley, yep, yeah. and Mike Pig, and uh, mm-hmm. and this was back when Wide World of Sports <clears throat> used to air segments of the Ironman as like right after like the people that you know, would walk on fire, you know, like here's, sure. like, here's more freaks from the world of sports. You know? <laughs> and I remember the first year we had a VCR in our house and I taped the Iron Man. I taped that coverage and it was like 25 minutes, yeah. you know, and it was like not well done. Sure. Uh, but I taped it and I would watch it over and over again. And, and, and I remember thinking these guys are crazy. You know, there's, there's no way that, uh, that, that they can, they can do this, but it, it, something about it caught it stuck with me yeah and i was like hey that's something i really want to do and, and 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 that was like i was a kid uh and then it kind of fell along the wayside and it was just kind of it was the iron man for me was kind of like boston and it was one of those things where it was impossible it was never going to happen for me sure but i could appreciate those people that were able to do that and and i think uh i think um there were there were when I when when I, when I thought you know maybe an Ironman isn't impossible and I remember I remember actually reading about you in the paper um, mm-hmm. and 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 I was like wait there are people that actually do this sure yeah and they're not they're not crazy they're not uh, professional athletes these are these are everyday people everyday people yeah yeah and, and I remember my mom coming home. And saying I met this guy at the shoe store who's doing an Ironman, and I was like, "What?" You know, um, so uh, so that kind of got me started on it, and and that was just a slippery slope where uh, I went on and I signed up for it without thinking about it. Oh wow! And then it was like, "What did I sign up for?" You know, <laughs> and, uh, and 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 so I did I did Louisville, and it was ninety five degrees, and it was. Horribly hot, and, and was, this
0: was this was like this was 8 eight, wasn't it? Oh eight. So this is way before you were thinking about really focusing and qualifying on Boston. Yeah, yeah. I no, mean, this, this was, was kind of in that that decade. This if you was all of you kind of just doing well, it, kind of.
1: Yeah, and I think at that point I realized. At, at that point, I thought, you know what, this this Boston thing, like I don't seem to be getting any faster. So what's the hardest thing I could possibly <laughs> How can possibly imagine torture doing? myself yeah. to? Well, I've never run a ten k. Um, the first five k I, I ever ran, I ran last December. Um, so like, I, you know, I tend to gravitate (laughs) towards things that I think, what's the hardest extreme, what's the hardest way I could possibly make this happen? Okay. That's what I'm going to do. Had you done any triathlon
0: before you did? I uh... did a
1: couple in high school, but this was when like, this was, uh, you know, these were fun run kind of triathlons where there were 25 people involved kind of thing. So, uh, so yeah, I, I, I just, um, no, not really. You know, I had, uh, I had seen some on TV. and uh, You didn't do any in your
0: training or, or anything
1: like that the summer leading up no, to no, uh, Louisville no, back in 08? No, no. Wow. Uh You know, the way I kind of saw it was, I, I rented that course for seventeen hours. So you rented it for seventeen. Yeah, hours. I, rented the, I rented these Ironman, <laughs> which courses. is the time
0: limit because you start at seven a.m. and you've got till midnight I, to cross that. the finish line.
1: So I had time to figure things out, kind of while I was out there. <laughs> <laughs> um, Listen to that, folks! Don't yeah. do
0: anything new on race day. Yeah. Just get to the starting line, and, you it out. and you'll get you'll figure your way out um, there.
1: You know, um, I did. I I swam a lot, um, and I did train. I I when I was training for my O eight, I lost. Uh,
0: for, that, for, the Iron for the for the Iron
1: Man. Iron Man. Um, that year I lost about seventy five pounds.
0: No way. Yeah.
1: Wow. Um, and and uh and, and I knew that I wasn't gonna have eight hours a day to train for this. And so I spread that training out over about a year and a half. Mm-hmm. Um and, and just nibbled. And so the first step was to lose to lose this weight. What did
0: you, so you lost the weight for the training or for the event? It wasn't as a result of training for the event or maybe a combination of both. It was kind of a combination of both. But you said, I I need to lose weight in order to,
1: in order to do this Ironman, I need to lose weight. And, and this was kind of one of those things where for me to lose weight in the past, I was never able to do it just for the sake of losing weight. Like I was good for a week and then it was like, eh, you know, but I kind of thought if, if, I had this accountability of, Oh, I'm going to do an Ironman. Yeah. Um, and, and, that was something, miles. Yeah, and that was something that was going to be kind of f- fun for me that maybe I would be better about sticking with, with losing weight. And so, uh, so yeah, in '07, seven, I lost a lot of weight to, to try to get into shape to do that. And, uh, so, and you're not a, you're not a, you're not a big guy to begin with. Was it I was, just, I was. Did you just
0: lose all your muscle weight, or what? No, man? I was a big guy. <laughs> okay. Uh, um,
1: I, yeah, you know, I was pretty good about on air. Like if you go back and look at, at clips from the past, mm-hmm. uh, I was good at hiding it. Um, I didn't carry a lot. I carried more weight in my face, but. Um, you know, I had a lot of baggy clothes gotcha. and, and I was sitting down a lot. You didn't yeah. see me a lot. Sure. Um, so the anchor desk you was, see from the waist up right. and you're and, wearing a suit coat. So, and I was pretty good at, 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 hiding the weight, but you know, I was, I was, I was heavy. Oh, that's and, impressive. And, um, and so, so that kind of what sparked Matt or uh, Louisville was to go do that. And then, um. Did you finish in time? Did I finished. You, did you take yeah. your full seventeen hours? N- not, not all of it, but I took advantage of it. You know, um, it was a that was a brutally hot day. I remember that were it was a, like, I wasn't there, but I remember oh, following you, and it was just a it was horrendously hot. I think day. I started the marathon, and at the, starting the marathon, it was like ninety four degrees in, in August in, in or in September Louisville. or something yeah. like that. Yeah. And it's yeah. Louisville's hot, and you're and that's, that marathon course is right downtown, so it's just the heat coming off the asphalt. And, um, and, and it was, it was dark and I highly
2: stopped. recommended for the, uh, first, first <laughs> <Iron> <laughs> yeah. we yeah. not having it on a triathlon <laughs> in 20 the, years, yeah,
1: it was, uh, that was, that was an eye opener, but you know, and that was one where I think more so than any race, that was the, that was the race where I learned that I can be a complete a-hole, uh, to f- others around. T- you. Well, no, for the week, but yeah, for the week before a race, because at that point you've spent crazy amount of money getting a new bike yeah all you spend just to get into the race just to get into the race you've got all that equipment you're traveling you have to show up three days in advance for meetings mm-hmm. and everything like that uh and i was a jerk i mean <laughs> i was so self-centered and how did so you
0: realize that did you realize it or did your wife and kids tell you
1: that you know they were they were great they they would not tell me that uh, i i it was so bad i realized it. wow yeah like it was like <laughs> oftentimes people don't know and it was just like Wow, I got to be better about that, Um, and so hopefully we've we've tried to address Mm -hmm. some of those issues with (laughs) with future races. It's to the point where like my dad and I will normally like when we went to Madison or when we go somewhere, dad and I will go down a couple days before, and the rest of the family will join (laughs) later. And they just kind of know like on Saturday before race that that they're going to go to the zoo. You know, dad and I'll go drive the course, and they'll go do something fun. For this the is kids. what you do now. You've realized. Yeah, to learn how to kind of this way. Kinda, it's better. You know, we'll meet mm-hmm. back up and we'll do this and that. But um, but yeah, that's that's uh, r- runners, um, runners, and, and, and triathletes, families, and loved ones. Uh, and I, you know, I think I think a lot of us, a lot of us thought about this when when we saw Boston and we saw the finish line at Boston. Yeah, you know, we've put our we've put our loved ones. Uh, through a lot of long, boring times and a lot of us being jerks. Um, Mm -hmm. and then when Boston happened, I think we all thought, gosh, did, did we put him in harm's way too? Sure. And there's a lot of guilt. And, and, and I think I'm hoping that as I get older, I'm starting to be a little bit more appreciative of the effort that the support people.
0: And it's, it's amazing how much it, you know, it helps and you need that support. You didn't do any of these things, Boston or doing your Ironman triathlons. Just by yourself. Like no. you said, you need a PT crew, a
1: coach, uh yeah. moral support, well, family support. Yeah, family support. That's a big thing. You know, if if you can totally dictate your schedule uh, around your training, great. I, mm-hmm. I don't have that freedom. Most people have a, have a full life around outside of that. Yeah, you know. So, um, so I got to give a lot of love to the people around Absolutely. me that have... That have just dealt with me being difficult. That's
0: something I've, I've learned over the years. I I got to a point where I was told that I was being an a-hole. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so I need to appreciate my supporters a little bit more. And so I I woke up at that point in time. That was probably about, gosh, only about eight or nine years ago, but yeah, (laughs) uh, it is a a full support crew. And especially with an Ironman, you know, you're out there for anywhere from, you know, 10 to 17 hours. I mean, that's, that's two work days. And yeah. you're out there running, swimming, yeah. biking, but your fans and friends are out there just sitting and sitting some more and sitting a lot more. And, and they're
1: early. Yeah. They don't get medals. Sure. Uh, and, you know, they're also like, you show up in an Ironman, you know where you have to go. Yeah. There's a guy at every corner saying, turn left here, turn left here. Yeah. They're stuck with maps of towns they don't know about with roads closed. And they're trying to figure out how to get to mile 72 in the next six minutes to meet you where you're going to be bitchy. And you're going to be like, <laughs> where's in my, two seconds. where's my, where's my drink? Where's this? Yeah, where's yeah. that? You know, um, who'd sign up for that? that that's, <laughs> that's a horrible job. Um, but, uh, yeah, they, 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 they're incredible. Um, and, and and you know, you, you see them happy for you at the end, but they don't get that same, you know, I think your parents probably do, but I know my sisters have been at a lot of my races yeah. and they're proud, but there's no way they can feel as good as I feel at the end of the race. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm.
2: so.
0: do you think that your Ironman training and the, the experience you got? Cause you've done, you did two yeah. before your Boston qualifier. Yeah. Do you think that experience, whether it's mental or physical helped you get kind of over that hump
1: and get you where it, were you you know help you qualify for Boston? I think it did. Um, I, I think partly because uh, training for the Ironman took so much time uh, that that um, you can't you can't shortchange really training for an Ironman. You, there's a base minimum that you got to do. Yeah. Um, and so I think going into this this past season, trying to get to to, to Boston. And, and having this 16 week plan, I knew here's a plan. You got to work the plan. You got to You got to do this work. You can't shortchange it. You know, um, it's very different. Um, Ironman training is it's like a work day where it was like, OK, I'm going to go swim for an hour. and yeah. then I'm going to go do this and then I'm going to go do that. Um, whereas for me, for Boston, for trying to train for Boston was really about quality work. Sure. Rather than the, quantity. and it wasn't just this quantity. It wasn't just, it was really okay. You know, you only have to go five miles today, but let's make them the best five miles. Doesn't it feel
0: great? It's like taking on a uh, part-time job when you train for an Ironman. Yeah. Yeah. And then to go train for an, just a marathon, yeah. after that, you think, wow, it's one-third of the, of it's, the, the disciplines. And, well, it's just...
1: and my thought with the Ironman was always this. Um, I probably spent way too long training for the swim. Mm-hmm. And everyone would say, well, you know, the swim's only a mile. right?" Uh, yeah, but if you, if you have a, an epic failure in the swim, you drown. I mean, you die, <laughs> yes. right? If you have an epic failure on your bike, you coast. Yeah, if you have an epic failure when you're running, you walk. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, so you train for That's worst case point. scenarios. So, uh, so I, my when I would train for a marathon, uh, for the Ironman. <laughs> I was always like, the run was always the last of the words, because yeah. I, I also knew that there was going to be walking involved. And
0: you were a runner to begin with, so
1: you knew you could cover I, the distance. I could cover it, and, and if not, there was going to be walking involved. Yeah, yeah, even if you were fun. walking, that you could fun. cover the distance. I could get, I could yeah. get, to, the, get to the finish, so um, so yeah, I mean, um, I don't know, is there another Ironman in the future? Yeah, probably. I kind of my <laughs> wife and I kind of had an agreement that it was not going to be any more than once every three years, because mm-hmm. that's about <laughs> as much as you know, yeah, like yeah. financially, and, and also you know just my time commitment. Yeah. Um, but right now, it's it's all about getting to Boston. Yeah. And that and that is because you know the, it, it, and, you know anybody that that is racing and knows that that's an expense yeah. and that's not a family fun trip. That's, that's a Mark racing trip. The Boston trip. Yeah. You know, yeah. that'll be a, that'll be a, 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 that'll be a vacation and, but it's, it's a work vacation if you yeah. will. So, mm-hmm. um, so until that gets knocked off, we're probably not going to be putting in entry fees for an exotic Ironman.
0: Fair enough. Fair yeah. enough. Yeah. What about, uh, what about an
1: ultra? 50 mile, 50 K. You said you you like to just
2: jump right in. Why not
1: go big? Sure. Uh, You know, I, I think that would be awesome. (laughs) I would love to do that um, because I think it's out there. And, and also it's going to be, once I get through Boston, um, I want to get back into something where I'm not staring at my watch all the time when I'm running, you know, where it's not like, you know, for me the last year, every run has been about, all right, well, how was that pace? Here's my pace. Yeah. Here's was, my that, a, was that a good run or not? Based entirely on some numbers, um, I think something like that where it's something new, and so I can't compare it to how I've done in the past. Right. Um, and and that's what I love about running is I don't love the four mile fast run. I, I like the yeah. t- that two hour mm-hmm. um, grind it out kind of thing and and let my mind wander. So yeah, I, I've that that's out there somewhere. Yeah. But right now, I got to get to boston
0: be careful that's another slippery slope <laughs> yeah. marathon was slippery and you've done two Ironmans yeah. now once you sign up and once you do your first ultra it's going to be uh you know i'm going to get a call from your wife and saying what did, what you, did do? you do <laughs> yeah so, Val, i'm sorry right now let me apologize in advance for when mark's not up for his first uh, ultra
1: yeah you know i think that uh i think they are understanding at this point i think uh it, it You know, it's funny, they go through the same, I think all of our loved ones do, where they, um, at first, there's just this incredible enthusiasm for, oh my gosh, that's so cool, you're going to do that, way to go, you know, and then it's like, how many more of these are you going (laughs) to (laughs) do, you know, and and then it just becomes a pattern, you know, so.
0: Well, that's great that it seems like you've kind of worked it up with your family and found out a schedule that works once every couple of years for the big Iron Man, and and they know that it's not an every year thing or whatever. So you, it seems like you've kind of got a, a something that works for you.
1: Yeah. I think, you know, it, it's one of those things where every so often I'll, I'll meet somebody and they're like, yeah, you know, I do two or three Ironman a year. And I'm like, well, that's great because <laughs> what do you do other than that? <laughs> exactly. <yeah. laughs> what do you do? Cause you must do it well if you can afford to uh, <laughs> right. time afford, and money. Yeah. Um, you know, and I guess if, if that's your thing, uh, good for you and and, and I bet it is good for you because they don't have to start from square one training all over again you know Um, and that's just kind of their lifestyle and maybe they don't have to spend as much time uh, putting in the base layers and everything Mm -hmm. because they're not starting from scratch every time Um, but uh, but I don't know (laughs) for me there are other things that I want to do Um, and I think that there are other opportunities out there so and and I had such a good time running that five K last year. The you farmland. Know, the farmland. Yeah. It was awesome. And I think there's great running, unusual running events out there that mm-hmm. I haven't even tapped into. And they're not long and they can be fun. And exactly. I can maybe go run them with my kids. Yep. Um, you know, that there's kind of things like that. And my kids are both starting to ask about, Hey, do you think we could do a a five K or something great. like that? Did they run with you last year at the Farmland Five K? Nope, nope, they did not. Um Andy, my oldest uh, he finished a lot of marathons with me where like he would jump in at the last 200 yards, mm-hmm. you know? And so like when we did Detroit and we got to finish at Ford field and, and, and tiger stadium when we, were, we used to finish there and stuff, uh, that was always awesome to have him in those finish photos, yeah. you know? And uh, so they're, they're just kind of starting to think, Hey, this is pretty cool. And we, and we brought him out to, to the Traverse city triathlon and he volunteered and, and on the way home, he was like, wow that that was really cool. that was really neat to see those people doing stuff and and yeah. and and and, and tr- pushing their own limits and stuff like and he got it and I was like, yeah,
2: that's really cool that's and he awesome. got it on his own without he went H- yeah, you, know, you gotta do this yeah <laughs> yeah
1: he and he totally understood like you know I think uh we're all we're all maybe a little impressed at first at you know the first guy that comes across the finish line and and the at any of these events we go do and the really elite runners um but i've always been more inspired by the guy that i used to be yeah you know that guy that hey you know god love you you know you are out here working hard and uh um, i remember at ironman louisville They were interviewing the winner who finished in nine hours in some crazy, you know, minutes. Ridiculousness. And and, uh, he was like, yeah, you know, the the guy was interviewing him and said, "Uh, well, how'd you deal with the heat? And he's like, well, I only had to deal with the heat for nine (laughs) hours. You know, he's (laughs) like, I feel bad for the people that had to deal with heat for 15 or 16 hours. And that was me, you know? Um. So I I think that that we can get inspiration from all kinds of people that cross that finish line. But for me, some of the people that uh, I've been in their shoes and I, and they're, that's who I relate to. And, and, and my kids see that and that's, cool. that's awesome. Yeah. That's
0: really cool. Yeah. Well, what else? Uh, um, we miss anything.
2: It's pretty awesome, Mark. And, and you are inspiring. Mm-hmm. I mean, that that's great. And that, that's really, uh, mm-hmm. your story is, is, is awesome. And, uh, hopefully somebody out there listening, it kind of, maybe that's their epiphany, their aha moment that says, I heard this guy telling a story about, Yeah. well, it, it's, um, you know, when you guys, you guys
1: said, Hey, do you want to come on the podcast? I was like, well, wh- why, <laughs> you know? Like, um, and then I thought about it and I think all of us, if we, if we look back over the years in this journey that, that whether it's as a triathlete or a runner or whatever we do, we've accumulated all of these incredible experiences and we've, we've incredible, you know. Those experience, you know, how many mornings have we all spent huddled waiting for a race to start, (laughs) wearing garbage bags, you know, looking for the portageon with the short line. You know, every time I go into a -a portageon, no matter where I am, I could be at the fairgrounds or whatever. I always feel like I'm about to run a race. Right? You know, there's that (laughs) instinctual like portageon. There are these things that have become these fundamental elements of our lives. Being an athlete, being a runner, being a runner, yeah. you know, uh, and, and, and I think we all have those, and we all have those, we have those common moments of doubt, we have those common moments of inspiration and, and epiphanies, um, we all have those. And it doesn't matter whether you're, whether you're running, uh, you know, a 245 marathon, or whether you're running a 445 marathon, or whether you're running your first 5K ever, uh, or, or, or whether you're just trying to even get off the couch. Sure, We've all been there. Mm -hmm. And, and, um, and, and we all have those, we all have those moments and that's pretty cool.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing your uh, your story with us. I know this is like we talked about earlier. This is the Boston sign-up time right about now for getting close for your Monday, your your time. So here we are and it's Monday and today's Friday. Yeah. So
1: we'll find out today. Uh, I I know that it was about half full after Wednesday and so it'll either fill up today And Monday, it'll be time to start running again. Or, or I might have a shot on Monday.
0: So, well, we'll uh, we'll look forward to hearing how if you got in, and uh, we'll um, we'll mention it to all of our listeners uh, once we find out how it goes. So, awesome. Good luck, and uh, thanks again, Mark. We really appreciate appreciate you uh, coming on.
2: Hey, thanks for coming, guys.